Hello everyone, welcome back to This Is Not About Your Body. I am Jesse Neeland and today I've been thinking a lot about the ways in which we signal and communicate to others who we are using our presentation. Now it should be said that non-verbal communication is a huge way in which we communicate. Uh, I forget the statistic, but we communicate non-verbally a lot more uh, than we actually do communicate verbally. So if you think you are not signaling to people a bunch of stuff about who you are all the time, you are sadly mistaken, my friend. We are constantly, constantly letting people know things about us through our presentation. Of course, this includes things like body language, facial expressions, vocal tone, uh, word selection, you know, any number of things are constantly happening sort of below the level of consciousness. But it also includes stuff like what you chose to wear or, you know, how you how you wear your hair or makeup or, uh, yeah, all sorts of different aspects of how you present yourself to the world, including, you know, uh, what kind of car you drive or house you live in or right? There's so many things about your life that is a communication to other people. And some of it is a communication of things like class or income or culture. And some of it is a communication of values and priorities and hobbies and passions. You know, if you are somebody who uh, wears outdoorsy clothes all the time and, you know, has sort of a natural look. You don't wear makeup. You don't do your fingernails or toenails or whatever, you know, your hair's up in a ponytail all the time. You are communicating something about your lifestyle. You are communicating something about your values, your priorities, your hobbies, and, and who you are. Now, you might not be doing it consciously. Maybe you are. Some people totally do this consciously. Others don't. Um, but all of this is happening all the time. We are constantly signaling stuff about ourselves to other people. And this is where body image stuff gets really, I would say interesting, but I think frustrating is probably a better word for uh, some of my clients who think about this kind of stuff. Because when you are trying to communicate something about yourself to other people, whether that is something positive like, you know, I love uh, exercise, fitness, outdoorsiness, um, whatever, like I love that stuff. I want people to be able to see that when they look at me, then they might feel really, really frustrated that let's say they live in a larger body and it doesn't look to someone's eye upon like, a, you know, a little once over, like they are someone who is athletic and outdoorsy and in shape. Right. So that would be a frustrating thing because you're like, I would love to communicate this thing about myself. But because of certain biases we carry about what kind of body type and shape and size does what kind of activities, unfortunately, that's not being communicated at a glance. And that can cause a lot of problems. A lot of body image issues can come down to this where someone really just feels unseen for something about who they are that they would like to be able to communicate with their presentation and body. But because of the way that the biases are sort of structured in our culture they simply can't or it's not coming through another example would be someone who has gender dysphoria you know if you identify as non-binary and you really feel like it would be so nice to communicate this with people uh, to people in an instant and yet you have the body of someone who reads to others in a glance as like a womanly, let's say, right? Like whatever these things mean, you've got large breasts, large hips, large butt, you know, thick thighs, and you feel androgynous inside, right? You feel non-binary in a way that is like not in alignment with what people are seeing. They look at you and they think, uh, you know, matron or vixen or something completely different. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't feel that way. That's not who I am. And so everyone's getting a 
sort of false sense of me at a glance, and that's really frustrating. Leads to dysphoria, meaning, um, you know, just a really negative feeling. The opposite of euphoria, basically. Really, really negative feelings about being in your own body. And this is super common when people have something about themselves they want communicated that is not being communicated because of their body. Now, we can look at how this shows up in terms of presentation. So let's say... Um, you know, you, you might want to signal your queerness through following very specific trends around how queer people look so that you can attract other queer people into your life. And that might be a conscious decision that you make. If you are a gay woman, for example, you might say, okay, I, 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 you know, as when I look all femme like this with my hair long and my nails painted and whatever, um, nobody hits on me. Nobody assumes that I'm gay. It's annoying. And, uh, I'm going to try it another way. And then maybe they explore having like a short haircut, dressing a little bit more butch maybe. Um, you know, there, there's things that you can totally play with that are all in your control. And when you do that, it, I mean, I think this kind of exploration of self and identity is super fun. I love this kind of stuff. When you do that, you'll, you'll get a lot of information, you know. Maybe you cut your hair and you go, oh, my God, there I am. This is me. I was always meant to have short hair. Like, I am this version of me, and I never knew it until I started playing with these external factors that are sort of in my control presentationally. Or maybe you cut your hair and you're like, oh, my God, I hate this. I can't wait until my hair grows back out. This is so not me. I thought you know, that I would love it uh, and that it would signal the right thing to the right people, but I just, it's not me. And likewise, with the way we dress and the way we, you know, do all of these little things in our body language, you know, if you have a way of shrinking down and keeping yourself really collapsed and speaking really quietly and, you know, you guys can't see me obviously right now, but I'm like rounding my shoulders forward and being, you know, sort of a mousy-ish posturing. If you do that, you are signaling something to every room you walk into, whether or not you're aware of it. But if you were to think to yourself, okay, well, I want to walk into that boardroom or that interview or that date or whatever it is you're about to do. And you're like, okay, I'm going to stand up tall. I'm going to walk, you know, intentionally. I'm going to move with power I'm gonna speak with my full voice you know those are things that are in your control that totally change how people will perceive you and what they learn about you just by looking at you or by interacting with you briefly one of those versions they might learn that you are shy or quiet or um, you know anxious or sweet or anything right and the other version they might learn that you are uh, impressive or powerful or fun or uh, you know, whatever it is, like there are different assumptions being taken away from each of those interactions based on what you present, whether that is how you, you sort of style yourself or how you show up in terms of your body language and, and all the rest of it. It is stuff that is in your control. But our body shape and size often isn't in our control. And that is a huge part of what we take away from a meeting somebody at a glance. So if you are feeling like a big reason that you feel uncomfortable in your body is because it's signaling something to other people that is either not true, such as, you know, a person in a large body who loves fitness and hiking and outdoorsiness and everyone looks at them and thinks like, oh, you must be lazy and out of shape. That'd be incredibly frustrating because your body seems to be signaling to other people a thing that is not true about you, which both erases who you are completely, makes you feel really unseen. 
And it gives them a, a negative opinion of you because we live in an anti-fat biased world that assumes something negative about you based on living in a large body, right? That would be incredibly frustrating. The other thing that can happen is maybe you feel like your body is um, broadcasting something that is true about you, which can feel unbelievably vulnerable and even kind of like brutally painful to, let's say you feel like a lazy person, you, you are self-identifying and in a shame spiral about being a lazy person and since you have whatever kind of body you have you feel that other people can see that you are lazy you know any flaws that you have or whatever you feel that they are broadcasting a true negative thing about you like oh no everybody's going to see that I am getting older uh, and therefore I'm less valuable or something like that I know for me Something that I felt my body broadcasted for a really long time that was true about me was related to shame and sexual assault stuff um, and me as a self-objectifier, you know, all mixed up in that. I felt for a long time like if you looked at me and my body, which was curvy at a young age, like I, I developed early, I was thin, I had a small body, but I had like big boobs and that just, you know, was got me a lot of unwanted attention but I felt that because of my body people would look at me and know something shameful about me and my sexuality that I was like too sexual um I don't want to say slutty exactly because it wasn't really about like my behavior in any way plus slutty is like a fabulous word to reclaim and not allowed to be negative in any way but I I absolutely felt that people could see I was too sexual by looking at me and this was like as a child before I even you know, was sexually active. Um, so part of that is because of the sexual abuse that I experienced kind of taught me, oh no, like I internalized from that, that people knew I was too sexual uh, and that that would cause danger, that that, would, that that meant people would do things to me that I didn't want them to do. Um, and part of it also was just like, I had urges, right? I was a teenager. I had boobs. I had sexual urges. Um, you know, I think at the time I would not have necessarily identified, uh, as being bisexual, but I certainly felt like I was, I, I liked too many people, if that makes sense. Like I was just turned on by too much is sort of how I experienced it right in early adolescence. And now I can just say, you know, I was bi, that's all that is. But all of that sort of felt super shameful. And I really felt like if somebody looked at me and they saw the curves of my body, they would immediately know this shameful secret that is that I am too sexual. I am too lusty. I am too uh, desirous. I am just uh, bad and sort of shamefully sexual that I, that I have a problem, that there's something wrong with me. And I felt that that was being broadcast by my curves. And I felt that if I could lose enough weight and get thin enough, that would no longer be broadcast. Because people don't look at androgynous bodies that way. People don't seem to associate androgynous, flat-chested, hyper-thin bodies with being too sexual. You know, I had a lot of comments said to me about things like um, looking like a, I don't know, vixen is like the only word I can think of right now. But, you know, that that thing of like, oh, you, you know, you look like a somebody who would seduce me or something and I would be like what <laughs> like I well I'm not but but that's the assumption being made just because I had these curves and nobody made those assumptions it seemed to me 
anyway, about my like thinner, more androgynous looking friends uh, who either early in adolescence just hadn't developed yet or were, you know, just had a different kind of body type. I was like, man, I want the freedom that they have to be seen as normal and not too sexual and not made have assumptions made about me and not have me be super adultified way before I was ready. Like, you know, at 11 years old or whatever, a lot of adult men treated me like a fully grown woman in terms of how they talked to me and, and sort of sexualized me. And I hated that. So I felt that a very thin body would have been the way out of that so that I was broadcasting the right thing to people. And for sure, a lot of my body image issues over the next decade was me hating the curves of my body that broadcast this thing that felt both untrue in some ways and too true in other ways, you know, like painfully vulnerable in some ways that I'm like, oh my God, everybody can see I have sexual urges. And then on the other hand, being like, okay, but I'm not this person you think I am. And all of it seemed to come down to we see your body, we make a snap judgment, we treat you a certain way. And I was like, this sucks. I want to get away from it by being as thin as possible. So when I started losing weight, um, early adulthood, I think I was maybe like 19, I started doing a dance program. It was like the first time in my life I ever got active and stopped eating junk food and you know, whatever. I lost a little bit of weight. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Because I suddenly felt instead of like sort of round and uh, doughy, I was like, you know, and it probably didn't change sizes a whole lot, but I changed in tone and shape. I felt more androgynous. Like I lost like two bra cup sizes and that was so fun. I was like, oh my God, I'm, you know, I was never exactly flat chested, but I was like closer. It definitely felt cool to be like, oh my God, I can fit into regular t-shirts and like, this is amazing. So it was such a gift to me because I felt that at that point I was then broadcasting something that felt a lot more accurate, that I was sort of age appropriate at this point being 19 being very thin I was sexually active but I was like you know still uh, sort of childish in that space in a lot of ways still totally did not know myself did not have access to my own pleasure um my sexuality was I don't know kind of messy at the time but like it felt that I was broadcasting something more accurate about my gender which is to say I did not feel quite so much like I was being perceived as a woman, especially like a seductive or vixenous woman. Um, I was just being perceived a little bit more like a girl. So it gave me like a little bit more of a youthful feeling I felt um, that people were not adultifying me quite the same way and they were not assuming that I was so sexual the same way. Um, so I loved it and they weren't assuming, I mean, everyone, I would say sort of always assumed I was a woman and that still was difficult. And certainly even at my absolute smallest body, I still felt like these damn boobs were broadcasting to the world that I'm a woman when I'm not. And that didn't feel good to me because I, again, didn't have the language at the time, but I, I now understand myself to be non-binary. So, you know, that this was the thing that felt like this entire, um, instant perception would have been so much easier uh, if I had had this leaner, lighter, flatter, tighter body, more androgynous body. And I couldn't get there because, you know, there are limits, right? But I enjoyed my body the most when I was close. And so I don't, you know, I never necessarily idealized thinness for its own sake in myself. But I loved feeling that way, like I was broadcasting something that was closer to what I wanted to be broadcasting according to how people perceived me and their biases.
And this is really, really common for my clients too. They'll say, you know, when I look back at my heaviest or whatever, people perceived me one way. At my lightest, they perceived me another. And either they enjoyed when people perceived them a certain way because it made them feel good and it was like a positive thing you know, they just got praised or complimented or whatever. Or they felt that they were broadcasting something true. Like, yes, everyone finally saw that I'm like super fit and athletic because they could see my muscles and they could, you know, see uh, that I looked like somebody who uh, played sports and did all this cool stuff. Um, And so that's how they treated me. And it felt really good and in alignment with who I was. Or it finally felt like I wasn't broadcasting the wrong thing. Like, again, I was in more alignment with who I felt inside and that felt good. And this is where a lot of associations come from for people when they look back over the course of their life and particularly with weight gain and weight loss, this is huge because we perceive people with biases around this stuff so differently at different body sizes. And it can be true of anything, honestly. I mean, you could change your body for any number of reasons, any number of ways you could get plastic surgery. Um, for sure, I've worked with people who had, um, with women who were really flat chested, who then got breast augmentations and they would say that it felt really good to them to be perceived as sexual beings and women. Whereas with a flat chested body, maybe they were not being perceived as the sexual being that they felt they were. And so it felt really good and in an alignment with them to get, um, the, not the attention necessarily, but like the, um, the sort of acknowledgement, like people would see them, take them in at a glance and treat them like a grown woman with sexual urges. And, you know, it would just sort of all come in, in that, that quick once over. Whereas before they maybe felt like they were treated like little girls or like they were treated as, um, buddies or friends more platonically instead of like sexual or romantic interest potential. And, you know, likewise, the other way, I've also worked with women who got breast reductions who felt like the changes to how they were perceived because of this, um, the biases we have about breast size, you know, goes either closer to who they wanted to be or further away, but they needed it for medical issues like back pain. So there's all kinds of stuff that can come up here around body shape and size that is not necessarily accurately how we are, you know, like presenting who we are to somebody it's not accurate like I did not get more or less sexual based on the size of my body or the size of my breasts so it's not it's not an accurate communication but it is a communication anyway because we know that people have these perceptions these biases these judgments and we have the natural urge to communicate things to to other people so that we can find our people so that we can like really connect with the kind of people who we feel drawn to and push away the people who we do not feel drawn to like we are constantly trying to do that by the way in which we communicate um i heard once actually that the oh, i forget the name of the the whatever it is in high school basically um it's like something called like anti-social identity creation or something and forgive me if you're a therapist and actually know the name for this because it was a book written by a therapist and I forget the the actual title for this phenomenon but it's basically in high school you create your identity not so much based on who you connect with but based on who you um want to separate yourself from So a huge amount of our personality and identity uh, work during our formative years as teenagers is not necessarily done by looking around and saying, oh, I'm like these people, so that's 
that's how I identify. It's by looking around and saying, oh, I'm not like those people. So I'm going to I'm going to build up the parts of myself, these sort of perceived um you know, my social allies and I will build up the parts of ourselves that go against my perceived social uh, antagonists or enemies or whatever. So if you in high school, let's say, really identified as like um, a cheerleader and a football player and a popular kid or whatever it is, then you might have been setting yourself against some other archetype of person. You know, you might have set yourself against the partiers or the weed smokers or the goth kids or the nerds or whatever. And likewise, if you were a nerd or a goth kid or a theater kid, maybe you were setting yourself against the popular kids and you were like, okay, well, I'm not going to do that superficial bullshit. So I'm going to do this other thing over here and build up those parts of my personality and identity. And later in adulthood, interestingly, way more of who we are, who we understand ourselves to be in our identities are actually created by who we chose not to be than who we chose to be. And I can see this as a, a person with siblings too. I think that my brother and I, who are 18 months apart, my older brother, um, I chose a lot about myself during those years based on what he was doing. I was going to do something different. You know, he did sports. So I was like, okay, so sports aren't for me. Like, not ever. I won't try them. I'm not competing. I'm not going to even go there. No sports. We both did theater and stuff, but there was, it was a very small school. There was not a lot of ways that you could totally separate yourself in that way. But, you know, it's a very normal thing to do to look around and go, okay, let's divide and conquer, right? You've got this aspect of life. I'm going to take the other one. That way we're not in competition. We don't have to, uh, you know, be all up in each other's circles. And, and also I get to create my own identity in a space that is just mine. And that makes me feel special because now in my family, I'm this person and you're that person. You know, we've sort of uh, carved out our own little social niches uh, as siblings. So this is a very normal thing to do. But what happens a lot is we want our bodies to do that work for us. Now, you know, in adulthood, we want our bodies to do that work for us. And it can't either because we can't change our bodies the way that we would need to. Um, safely and sanely we can't change our bodies in order to send the message we want for example I cannot safely and sanely change my body to be androgynous enough to really signal to people my non-binariness like I mean I guess I could right I could get surgery I could I, you know there are things people can do but I'm not going to do them that does not align for me so my options are I eat and exercise the way I eat and exercise. My body ends up where it is. I just have to deal with that, right? This is no longer a way in which I am going to be communicating to other people my gender identity or, or really anything. The body shape and size is not a way in which I choose at this point to communicate almost anything, uh, probably really anything to other people. And the reason for that is because I have learned, oh, I see because when I wanted that to do the communication work for me, I was really stressed, really uncomfortable, really hated my body, really struggled. So I'm not interested in doing that anymore, but I am still interested in communicating these aspects of myself. But now I do it other ways. I can do it presentationally in clothing and hair choices, etc. I can also do it just by telling people, you know, like if you stop trying to make your body be the thing that communicates something true about you, you realize, oh, I can just tell people this thing or I can just correct their assumptions and stereotypes. If somebody's like, 
oh, you must work out all the time and you don't, you can just be like, no, actually. <laughs> and vice versa. If somebody's like, oh, you probably don't work out and you do, you can be like, actually, I work really hard. You know, if somebody makes the assumption that you're lazy, you can set them straight. Actually, I hike a lot and I'm really outdoorsy and I'm really active. I play soccer every weekend. You know, you can say those things. You can show up and communicate those things verbally and not make your body do it. Take the pressure off your body to do that for you. That is how we stop caring so much about what our bodies are communicating is we take agency and empower ourselves to communicate that stuff directly. And another example would be like, you know, if you are really wanting, let's say the sexuality thing is a, a great example. If I wanted people to stop seeing me as so sexual, <sighs> I mean, my boobs are the size they are. If I eat and exercise in a way that makes me feel safe and healthy and happy, like they're just going to be there. So what do I do? Instead of getting angry at them, I use my my behaviors, my boundaries, my words. I communicate the stuff I need communicated to the people I need it communicated to so that I am not getting um, treated in a way that feels uncomfortable for me or put in positions that I don't like. So for example, I mean, this is the way, right? Like if I'm being hit on uncomfortably by somebody at a bar or anywhere, and it is clear to me that they have made an assumption about me based on what they saw at a glance, I set them straight. I learned how to set boundaries and advocate for myself so ferociously and so regularly that it is no longer a big deal for me to set someone straight. Hey, you think I'm someone I'm not and I'm not interested in this or I'm not interested in you, or I don't want to be spoken to that way, or any number of other things, right? Or if somebody comments on what you're eating, they're like, oh, do you really want to eat that? You know, surely you're trying to like get healthier, lose weight. You get to set those people straight. Actually, no, I am doing a thing that is right for me. And frankly, I am not really available or open for feedback on what I eat or how I exercise or how I run my life or anything, you know? Like we get to do that work verbally and behaviorally so that our bodies don't have to do them for us and there's so much fun wonderfulness to play with in the area of presenting yourself to other people and communicating who you are through that presentation I I believe in this wholeheartedly I think it's so fun the other night I went out in like my best attempt to kind of look like I was wearing a suit. I don't own a suit, but like it was sort of like black jeans uh, with a cuff and I wore a button up shirt with a tie and a jacket. And I was feeling very like sort of sexy masculine and, and hot in that kind of uh, aspect of myself. And I really, really enjoyed it. I felt sort of tough and cool. And I don't know, it's like I was communicating something very particular that night and I loved it. And there are other nights where maybe I like clip in hair extensions and put eyeliner on and wear a skirt or something. And I enjoy that as well. I'm, I'm not communicating anything like to anyone specific, but I am communicating this is who I am today. This is how I feel today. This is an expression of what I feel inside today. And all of that is really fun. And you could totally do that for any number of aspects of yourself. But if you're asking your body shape and size to do that work for you and it's not within a space that is sane and healthy and safe for you, then most likely you're going to need to figure out how to do those things another way, more directly using your words and your behaviors and skill building and fear facing or whatever it is that you need to figure out how to do there so that it doesn't feel like you're just stuck communicating the wrong thing to people 
or that you are stuck communicating something to people that is true and embarrassing and shameful. Because again, like it's a, it's made up, right? Like it's a lie. People might think you're lazy because they look at your body and like have a bias, but they're wrong. I mean, it's a lie. That's what stereotypes are. They're false. They're absolutely not true. These bits of communication that we think are happening are not true. So you get to decide what to do with them. And if it's really important to you to communicate something to people, and that is not being um, in alignment with the stereotypes and biases and whatever, like it's not being communicated for you by your body and you can't do it with your presentation or how you dress or whatever, then it has to be through your words and through your behaviors just for your own sanity and your own affirmation of yourself. You are who you are, no matter what people think. But that can be really frustrating when you are someone they do not understand or don't think you are. So tell them. Like, really, just learn how to tell them. I mean, I know it's sort of easier said than done, but it really is a skill to learn how to express who you are to the people in your life and let go of the people who are committed to misunderstanding you or, you know, who don't matter, like some stranger in a bar. Like, it really doesn't matter what they think about who I am or how I show up in the world. But I absolutely don't want to be forced into a position of interacting from that place. So this is where you get to skill build and you get to communicate that stuff directly. And it will absolutely set you free if this is one of the reasons that you struggle with body image. So invite you to think about that. See if it resonates. Totally like, you know, if this is not for you, I get it. Not everybody's body image issues come from the same place, right? But we are all absolutely communicating something to other people every day that we go out and interact with people. We are communicating something so I invite you at the very least just to think about what that is and think about if it's something that you do consciously or unconsciously if it's something you want to play with more if it's something you want to play with less um, and also what is the role for you of your body shape and size in this communication dance and does it cause you harm because if it causes you harm I would suggest exploring that more deeply and figuring out another way to do it if it doesn't cause you harm no worries right like whatever I mean you could go out every day um you know, any way that you want, communicating whatever you want, as long as it's not causing you harm. But when it comes to body image stuff, for my clients, a lot of them, it is causing body image harm. It is causing shame. It is causing frustration. It is causing resentment towards their bodies, towards their weights, towards their, you know, specific body parts or whatever that they think are communicating things. Like, it is causing harm. And all of it comes down to, I just wanted to tell you who I was. And I either feel like now you know way too much about me in a bad way or you don't know who I am. And so this is, yeah, just a fascinating topic, I think. Um, anyway, I think that's it for today. Thank you so much for being here and listening. I am happy to have you. If you want to hit me up on Instagram, you certainly can do that at Jesse Neeland. And uh, yeah, I will talk to you next time. <laughs>